of the sky. Look. It's a bird. It's a plane. It's Matt Spectro through the multiverse. Thank you for joining us for another exciting episode of Matt Spectro Through the Multiverse. Welcome to 2023, and welcome to Matt Spectro Through the Multiverse. This is the podcast that talks comic books, talks animation, and every week, it's me and a special guest talking comic books and animation every week here on Matt Spectro Through the Multiverse. Welcome to episode... 85 in the first episode of 2023. All right, without further ado, we're going to bring our first guest of the year. He is the ROH, the Ring of Honor legend himself. The one, the only, the best pound-per-pound wrestler on the planet, the kingpin Brian Malonis. Wow, that was quite, quite the introduction. I am a Ring of Honor legend. I'm still waiting on that Legends deal, though. You know, I want... uh you know, I want the action figure. I want the the T-shirt. You know, like you know, I, I think I deserve some some Ring of Honor Legends merchandise on the AEW store. Any day now, I think that those royalty checks are gonna gonna cash in. <laughs> yes, big royalty checks. Now, the uh, Ring of Honor contracts were very clear that they only had to pay me for my likeness while under contract, and you know, I I mean, my likeness is you know in high demand. You know, so well, that is true. Well, welcome. Happy New Year. Hope you're uh, you all ready for 2023. I mean, New Year, New Me, baby, right? It's uh, exactly. you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm ex- I'm excited. You know, probably at different times uh, I've been up and down with uh my wrestling career and uh, I know you haven't got a chance to listen yet, but I did uh, do a very cleansing podcast with my my good friend and partner, Mike Crockett, uh, kind of talking through all things Ring of Honor and wrestling and kind of some of my personal struggles and battles that I've kind of gone through over uh, over the last few years. So, But uh, feeling great, man. I'm in the best shape I've been in in a very long time. I won't say the best shape of my life because I'm not there yet. But yeah, I feel, I feel good and hopeful and uh, ready to do big things in uh, 2023. All right. In, in the well, infamous words of uh, a local New England promoter we know, big things are... <laughs> are coming. I can't talk about it right now. Big things are coming. All right. This is an exciting new beginning. It's also the sad end of an era because you're here as we do our fifth and final look at the many faces of the most powerful man in the universe, He-Man. Yes. Uh, yeah, this is going to be an interesting one, buddy. You know, I've it's been a love-hate relationship, right? Uh, we've been a little up, a little down. Uh, but uh, yeah, yeah, it's uh, and and I noticed the pronunciation there. Was that error as an ERA or error as an ERROR? <laughs> <laughs> Anyone, if you uh, haven't listened, uh, myself and Brian. Every time Brian comes on, we've reviewed a different version of the animated series He-Man and the Masters of the Universe. There are five animated series. We've done the first four, and now we are here to do number five. Now, uh, five. (laughs) (laughs) I looked into it, and um, I looked back at all our previous episodes, and the first one won out in our overall rating. It was we ranked that the best of the four, but I must say the 2002 version and Revelations 
really just barely were edged out uh, on our collective combined scores of the He-Man series. The only one that was, uh, without a doubt, dead last, <laughs> The New Adventures of He-Man. <laughs> what a piece of garbage. <laughs> I, I was actually surprised looking back because we didn't plan it that way, but uh, it was just number one overall score was the original from the 80s, and then the 2002 version and Masters of the Universe Revelation were just... We just ranked slightly behind the other two. So it's a pretty good track record at this point. Yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, I mean, right. So there's been some good incarnations of it. Um, the streak might end here today, though, buddy. <laughs> well, before we get into it, we're going to, I'm not going to get, we've had five uh, episodes, so I'm not going to get into uh, the entire history. We'll get into a little bit and then uh, get on to this today's episode. Back in the uh, late 70s, Mattel had turned down an opportunity to produce Star Wars toys. And as we all know, that became the billion-dollar franchise, and Mattel was kicking themselves. They tried several other toy licenses with little success. So they decided they were going to create their own line, He-Man and the Masters of the Universe. A little bit mix of science fiction, swords and sorcery, and superheroes. And a legend was born. Legend, you say? Huh? Legend. So, I didn't. I mean, the, uh, you were still going there, so I didn't want to. I didn't want to just cut you off, buddy. You know, like it's. Uh, yeah, it's. I mean, the history of He Man is one that is fantastic, which is why all these years later, there continues to try to be. Uh, right, they keep trying to reboot it. Right, they keep trying to capitalize on the popularity from the early '80s, and that just shows you the um, the staying power. The one thing I will say is I don't know if it's as popular with the kids today as it is guys my age. You know, I think it's more in the collector's realm that I think it's popular more so than kids. Well, a lot of people think that uh popular opinion is that, you know, people that grew up with them, they passed them on to their kids. So now it's like a lot of old properties, something that uh, returning their childhood, but watching their children to the, their childhood hero as well is part of the reason for the uh, ongoing popularity, um, which, you know, you could attest to things like Scooby-Doo and, uh, things star wars star trek things like that as well yeah yeah it is passing from generation to generation right and that but it's uh, you know when we talked about the filmation one it's the, the animation on that is tough for <laughs> today's generation man to go back and watch yeah today's if they didn't grow up with any of that type of animation especially with now most of them grow up with all computer generated it's uh they kind of have a what the hell attitude when they see it yeah yeah exactly it's not one single person that can get credited with the creation. Uh, some of the main players, Roger Sweet, Donald Gloop, Mark Taylor, some of the guys who contributed to creating He-Man and the Masters of the Universe. To get a real in-depth history, uh, I would always recommend watching uh, the Toys That Made Us episode of He-Man or the documentary by The Power of Grayskull. But the first cartoon debuted back in 1983. And since then, I've had five different versions as well as the She-Ra cartoon and... The live action film. Ugh. <laughs> we aren't going to do that one. <laughs> no, we are. If I would love to, unfortunately, I, I don't do. It's strictly animation here on Matt Spectral. Oh, you're very, you're you're very restrictive with your own rules. I I respect that. So we're going to watch. Um, it was actually called He Man and the Masters of the Universe. Um, it was on Netflix. Now, uh, they claim that back in 2018, I believe it was. Hold on, I got in my notes here. 
No, 2020, they did a uh, She-Ra and the Princesses of Power cartoon, which uh, was very popular. So that's when they decided they were going to do not only Masters of the Universe Revelation, they were also simultaneously going to start work on He-Man and the Masters of the Universe. Two different He-Man cartoons. There's there's a way to get over a drought. <laughs> now, they claim, uh, this is the claim they made, that uh, He-Man... And the Master of the Universe was more a reimagining uh, aimed towards a younger audience as opposed to Revelation, which was supposedly, quote unquote, aimed for the fans of the original series. Yeah, that's I mean, that is I would say that's a that's a damn accurate uh, description of this series for sure. We're going to in a few minutes sit down and this will be my first viewing of this particular version of uh, this version of Masters of the Universe. Have you seen this entire series? No, no, I, this is the second time I've watched this episode. I probably watched the first three or four. As You know, I must have watched the first four because when I pulled up my Netflix, it was episode five. This actually had way more episodes than uh, um, Revelations. I think they had three, what would be considered seasons worth of episodes. Uh, so they, I don't know if it was easier to crank out or the animation was qu- uh, quicker if they had more time, but they had more episodes and more seasons than Revelations. Oh yeah, this is yeah. It, it I, I, I mean, it's computer animation, right? I mean, that's got to be quicker than Revelation. Feels very more in the hand drawn sort of realm, I think at least. But I'm, I'm not. I am certainly not an animation expert, nor do I <laughs> pretend to be one online. I have to say, um, speaking, uh, there was a lot of controversy about your last appearance on my show. Really? Not for the reasons you'd expect it, though. Uh, not because of anything you said about He-Man, but uh, the most common text or comment I got was, man, has Brian Malonis ever seen anything? <laughs> Why? What do we talk about that I haven't uh, You've never seen. seen Terminator. You'd uh, seen one Kevin Smith, Smith movie. You've never seen <laughs> Game of Thrones. There was a, a laundry list of things you admitted to never seeing. Who was who was uh, talking about that? Uh, Julian Starr and Brian Fury. <laughs> I, uh, I I can't divulge a source. <laughs> Did I, well, I just had a friggin' bullseye. <laughs> well, it might be Julian. It might be Julian because I think Brian knows my um, penchant for not having seen anything. I don't know. Julian isn't exactly got the best track record of seeing everything. I don't think he's ever seen Game of Thrones either. So. Well, there you go then. <laughs> so I, uh, I'm guessing uh, <laughs> since then you haven't stepped up your game and uh, caught up on all those classics you missed. <laughs> no, no, I, uh, I've been playing a lot of Fortnite and uh, a lot of Fortnite. <laughs> the Clerks too. That was the one that surprised me. Since you're a big advocate for Kevin Smith, I assumed you had seen his entire library. But no, I just, just, just Clerks two. Didn't even see Clerks one. How about Clerks three? Nope. No, definitely haven't. Nobody saw Clerks 3. <laughs> but I'm bump. <laughs> All right. So the He-Man and the Master of the Universe is, uh, aired on Netflix. It was developed by uh, Rob David. Uh, it was uh, Mattel Television and then the uh, Canadian animation studio House of Cool, Taiwan Animation by CGCG Incorporated. And uh, we're going to go to September 16th, 2021. Not all that long ago, The Sword of Grayskull. Yes. I almost revealed kind of what I thought of it already there. But. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, this was uh, directed by uh, Ricardo Curtis and I'm going to say this right, Armin Melkonian. And uh, it was written by Brian Q. Miller. 
who has uh, written for other television shows such as uh, The Flash and Smallville. Uh, I know you've seen The Flash, at least the beginning of the show. Yeah. Yes, I have. He also uh, wrote some comic books. He had written the Smallville comic that came out after the series ended. He wrote some Batgirl as well, so no stranger to uh, science fiction uh, and superhero type things. We're going to get into some of the uh, voice acting talent. Uh, looking, I'm going to go over most of the people that appear in this episode, but uh, reviewing this, uh, a lot of... Uh, I thought this was like maybe an anime thing or something like that, but I was surprised. There's a lot more uh, voice talent that I recognize than than I thought I would going into this. I didn't. I didn't look at the voice cast at all, and you're probably gonna know more people than I would. Well, the people that appear in this episode, He Man, Prince Adam the, uh, himself, he is a uh, Yuri Lowenthal is the voice of uh, He Man. He's done a lot of English dub animation, but uh, he's also uh, Ben Tennyson on the Ben Ten cartoon. Oh, okay. One of your children must know what Ben 10 is. Uh, neither one of my children, but I used to watch a lot of... So, you know, and you're finding out as a, as a dad now, you find shows that are tolerable for you with your with your children. And one of the ones for my nephew was was Ben 10. So I got, I got deep into Ben 10 for a while there. I've never uh, actually seen it, but uh, at one point with my uh, son and daughter, it wouldn't surprise me if uh, they discovered it. It's a, I mean, it was, it was a good show. Those early ones were a good show. I, I never seen it. Maybe I'll do an episode on it sometime. <laughs> uh, Tila is voiced by one Kimberly Brooks, who's uh, done a lot of voice acting, a lot of video games. Uh, she's been the voice of Luna of the Hex Girls, which was a Scooby-Doo uh, spinoff from- uh, the, the Hex Girls? <laughs> what the hell is that? Am I going to get shit for not knowing what that is, too? <laughs> I, I believe they first appeared on the Scooby-Doo cartoon Mystery Incorporated, but I could be wrong, and they appeared in several different Scooby-Doo projects over the years. Uh, she also voiced the Cheetah on the uh, animated Wonder Woman Bloodlines. Evil Lynn, voiced by one uh, Gray Griffin is her name. She actually uh, took over the voice of Martin Prince on The Simpsons when the original voice actress had passed away. Do you know, who, have you ever seen The Simpsons? Not since junior high, man. Like I, 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 I watch. So I was a religious watcher of the Simpsons when I was like a kid. And, but you got to remember, like I don't know, it was probably like season friggin' twelve when I was in junior high. You know, like it's been on for for how long? Um, but yeah, once I got like the high school, I kind of got ah the Simpsons. So I've, I don't think I've seen an episode. I bet you I haven't seen the last thing I saw the Simpsons was the movie. Uh, Nineteen eighty nine was the first actual season of the Simpsons. So what is it now? Like thirty three years. Which is which is wild. I don't know, and this is slightly off topic, but worth mentioning. If anybody wants a good cringe, um, you know, if you want to just feel like you know uncomfortable, like you know when you watch Curb Your Enthusiasm, like that level of enthusiasm, go see Nancy Cartwright's TikTok where she goes up and stores people like kids, like you know, like eleven, twelve year old kids, and like. Maybe they have like they pick up like a Bart Simpson shirt or something, and she starts doing the voice, and you can tell like they just think it's some weird lady doing like a Bart Simpson impersonation. <laughs> they have no like. Why would they know what you look like, Nancy Cartwright? Stop it! I saw one of those, and she seemed rather aggressive in her approach to do the Bart voice. Like she really wants some recognition, I guess. She yes, yes. It's it's very freaking uncomfortable, and like. The people are like, no clue. And she's like, oh, no, that's me. Like, you know. Like. <laughs> Gray Griffin also did the voice of uh, Daphne 
on Be Cool Scooby-Doo and a a lot of the Scooby-Doo movies that came after it. So unlike Hex Girls, you know us know who Daphne is. Yes, I know who I know who Daphne is. Now, um, and uh, he's briefly on this episode. Uh, spoiler alert! But uh, we have Skeletor, who is uh, voiced by. Uh, hold on one second. A Benjamin uh, Diskin. We only cover the voices of this particular episode, but uh, some of the people that will show up on this show—it's kind of crazy. Uh, Kevin Smith himself later on shows up. Does the voice of Triclops. George Decay, of all people, is the voice of Merman. Uh, Wallace Shawn does the voice of Orko. Bobcat Goldweight as Gary the Dragonfly, whoever the hell that is. <laughs> the classic He-Man character. <laughs> Alan Oppenheimer, the legend himself, is also, he was Moss Man on uh, Revelations, but he was the original Skeletor. He is King Grayskull on this cartoon. Wow. And... The unfortunate, late, great Kevin Conroy, the voice of Batman from the animated series, actually does the voice of Hordak. So there are a lot of uh, a lot of names that are going to show up through the course of this series if we were reviewing more than just one episode. Thank God we're not. <laughs> I feel like you're not going into this with a positive attitude. <laughs> well, t- I mean, well, I won't, you know, I won't blow everything here, but we'll talk about it. We'll talk about my feelings of it. All right. I mean, I'm going to I'm gonna go on a limb. I don't think you're going to rank it as low as you did rank the new adventures of human. <laughs> uh, spoiler alert. Yeah, no, I won't. No, I won't. Like, nothing will. Yeah, that, that piece of shit. On that note, uh, you still hold a record, a multiverse record. You're the only guest ever to give something a zero ranking. <laughs> All right. So let's keep it that way. <laughs> this definitely won't get a zero ranking. All right, on that note, we're going to take a small break, and then myself and Brian are going to watch the new adventures. I'm sorry, not the new adventures. We're going to watch He-Man and the Masters of the Universe. Don't go anywhere. We will be right back. With that sword, Grayskull will soon be ours. Bring the sword to the champion. What champion? By the power of Grayskull, I have the power? What did it feel like? You turned into a big ol' He-Man! Were you still you on the inside, but you look like him on the outside? Or was he the same on the outside as he was on the inside, and you were somewhere else entirely? Ow! That's a lot of questions. To know oneself ah! is to truly become a master of the universe. A master of the what now? Behind this gate lies great power. We must approach with caution. Adam! Wait up! Wait up! <sighs> Give up, Skeletor. You're finished. 
Curse you, He-Man! You interfering imbecile! Give us one good reason we shouldn't vanquish you to another dimension. Okay, guys, hear me out. Switching to Geico could save you hundreds on car insurance? Huh, he does make a point. Yes. I do like to save money. Catch you on the flip, suckers! <laughs> Geico, because saving 15% or more on car insurance is always a great answer. The legend of He-Man continues in the Masters of the Universe movie with Blade, the slashing blaze of terror. With Sauron, Skeletor's evil lieutenant with a mouthful of lightning, can they catch Gwildor before his cosmic key enables him to escape? Now, you can live the adventure with Sauron, Gwildor, and Blade. I've waited a long time for this. Figure sold separately from He-Man and the Masters of the Universe. Meanwhile, at the Podcast of Justice. Hopefully, you also watched He-Man and the Masters of the Universe, The Sword of Grayskull. But going into this, I gotta say, uh, before we, uh, animation style is 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 unique as far as Masters of the Universe uh, is concerned. I can honestly say they've never had animation like this in the history of this character. No, they have not. <laughs> no, they have not. It's definitely more of a computer animation, very similar to like uh, Star Wars, Clone Wars, and Rebels. I would say. Uh yeah, yeah. It's not my favorite animation style, but like, so I get it, right? I get it. They have to. I, I mean, a lot of this, right? So you read the you read the description of it being more attractive to, you know, a younger audience, today's audience, you know, like for children, where Revelation is clearly not for kids, right? It's 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 for. You know, and not not because it's like mature material, but it's just it's not geared towards what kids like today, where this this new animation definitely is. So not my favorite style, but also this is one of those things, right? This is one of those things where like, you know, I think we've talked about some of the Marvel stuff where like, um, you know, like I didn't like Miss Marvel, but my daughter loved it. Well, that that's the audience. I'm not the audience for Miss Marvel. I'm not the target audience for this series it's weird to say that because in modern critique i've heard uh people get mad when you say you're not the audience but i've also heard people defend things when people bat mouth and say well you're not the audience for it people can't seem to make up their mind on that one yeah yeah which is wait, but that's that's the whole goddamn point of like demographics and things like that it's Shows are created with certain a certain audience in mind, like right. They didn't write Star Wars for people who don't like Star Wars. You know what I mean? Like, it's stupid. Like, it's it's stupid. Well, sometimes it's like there's a there's a clear market that's not being touched upon, and then people will directly do something at that audience to try and capture an audience that's not being catered to. So, I don't think there's anything wrong sometimes in saying you're not the target audience. No, it's. Not everything's for everybody, right? Everybody is allowed to watch it. Let me say that first of all, but like people like what they like, right? Like it, you know, if, if this is this is very much as we get into this, this is very much a series probably get, so my son is 7, 
So it's probably geared like kids like his age to like 10, 10 or 11. I'd say that's fair. And speaking of children, my son Axel uh, is uh, adding his two cents in the background. Sorry about that. <laughs> well, he's, he's excited about this series. Strong opinion on him. We start off in a very futuristic city, which I, I assumed this was Eternia, even though it's an Eternia I've never seen before. Uh, looks straight out of Star Wars. <laughs> this is the, already the beginnings of my problems with with this series. So it's you look and it doesn't look anything like, and it's a reimagining, right? But it doesn't. It does. It's yeah. not even like. It's not even like reminiscent. And we get uh, a group of uh, a trio. Where I got to be honest, the only one I recognized was Evil Lynn in the group. Uh, <laughs> yes, I don't know if the character designs are off or uh, or yeah. new characters. I don't know the guy that I don't know who the person was with Evil Lynn. Yeah, he was like green. He kind of looked like a lizard, and then there was just a just a guy, just a dude. And uh, they're gonna steal the power of Grayskull. Soon will be ours. Uh, we get some views in the palace where we get a, a brief look at King Randor. Who looked very grumpy. <laughs> His design was good enough that you could definitely tell this was King Randall. Yeah, yeah. He was it was fine. <laughs> I don't have that much of an attachment to King King Randor, except for he's a dick in Revelation. So <laughs> <laughs> You get a female figure who spoil well, I'm gonna tell you now, it's it's Tila, but I didn't know that at first. Uh, the the very uh, took a lot of liberties with the character design. Yeah, and the weird thing is, she's kind of like she's like a not a bounty hunter, but like a like a like it's like a ravager from like, in Guardians of the Galaxy, where she gets hired to go like collect shit. I thought she was the sorceress at first, and I thought that until about five to ten minutes into the episode, till they finally called her by name. She uh, sneaks into like a big records room and she says she's looking for that trademark Tila Grayskull Tingle. So Grayskull <laughs> must be a thing in this version. Is it like a Peter Tingle? <laughs> it leads her to a, a sword. When, when she picks it up, she gets all these like telepathic messages in her head about Eternia and the power of Grayskull and the, ch- and the champion. So it wouldn't really be a He-Man cartoon if we're not starting off building to our champion He-Man. We're off and running now. <laughs> Don't you think it's kind of weird when you think about it? Because almost like the original is like the only one that doesn't start off with like the origin of He-Man. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't think I don't think origins were expected back then. Now it, it's like you you got to have like the the goddamn origin we have to see the how prince adam becomes he-man in every incarnation right we had to see batman's parents shot you know 50 million times um she gets interrupted by some guards she uses a little magic to spin their helmets around and uh, drop their uh, axes so you can see why i might think she's a sorceress because i don't remember teela ever displaying this magic prowess no, well, you know what her origin is in the original. I don't know deeply what her origin is going to ultimately be in this, but she is the daughter of the sorceress. So, you know, that is true for her to have powers, not out of the question here. So there's a, they, they go to a big chase scene with uh, on these little ships that they're coming. They're shooting at evil. Lynn is going to try and kill the guards that are chasing her, but uh She's not going to let that happen because those guards are just doing their job. 
Yes, they were. Very nice of them. Right before she's going to do it, though, she gets another message that the sword does not belong to Evil Lynn, or she had called her in one scene, Evelyn. <laughs> yeah, I think that's kind of her name in this, where, which I, 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 I hate, but I appreciate at the same time of like, Tila doesn't look like a complete buffoon being shocked that somebody named Evil Lynn hired her to do no good. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I had no clue she was bad. How would I have known? Her name is Evil Lynn. I don't <laughs> And uh, she does escape with her last message being, bring the sword to the champion. And then we get our opening credits, which... They give it away, right? <laughs> yeah, they give it away right there. So if you don't know... Spoiler well, now alert. You, now you do know. Uh, there you get in the credits, you get your first design of a lot of characters. And man, is, uh, uh, is, is, is He-Man bulky in this version? <laughs> he looks absurd. The other one that, you know, so they, they, they again, they're, they're reimagining. So, I, and this is where I, there are th- certain things I see in this, like the, the merit of it and why they did it and why they're doing it. And the certain things that upset me. Man at Arms, Duncan, is supposed to be older, wiser. He's supposed to be Tila's dad, which I, I can't imagine because they look the same age in this, in this series. Duncan's supposed to be like a mentor for Adam slash he-man and they're like they look like the same age like they're buds instead of that mentor relationship this is the most clothes i've ever seen he-man wear he's uh, a big ass <laughs> he's got like <laughs> a muscular fu- guy fucking spacesuit on of, of some sort so we we get to prince adam uh, don't even get me, don't even start me on the fucking sword design all right by the way don't even uh, don't worry once uh, once once our champion gets a sword we're gonna we're gonna get into that sword Oh, god damn. Prince Adam is climbing a cliff, which when I first watched it, I thought it was Cringer, but it's not. It's just like a child version. Of- yeah, there's like a whole, like, Cringer was just like a solitary creature. And now there's like a whole race of Cringers or whatever. Yeah, I thought he was like Tigger, where he was the only one, but apparently. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> well, I didn't think he was necessarily the only one, but he, this is the weird thing about, and we'll get into it here as you go on, but like. Cringer is like the fucking leader of like a tribe of of uh, whatever you know whatever he is these green tiger things as opposed to like he's a pet which is what he was in the you know every other incarnation of this series. They're almost gonna fall because um, uh, this baby Cringer gets distracted by a dragonfly, and then uh, they get saved by what I originally thought was Teal at first, but. This- <laughs> It is not Tila. Uh, Cass or Crash is her name. I think a character we, you and I discussed beforehand that we think is a original character of the cartoon. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I don't really know. <laughs> <laughs> no f- clue, man. There's reimaginings, and there is just like again, like it's is it a reimagining if it's just like this totally new thing that you're just applying names to. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, characters get added over the course of time, you know? I mean, like, Yoda wasn't in the first Star Wars movie, or neither was Kylo Ren or Lando, you know? So you, you add characters as the mythos continue. Yeah, yeah, I gotcha. She says, uh, I can save you unless you want to hang around some more. Eh? Those are the jokes, folks. But um bump So they find out that Cringer is missing, so this is when I first was clued in that that wasn't Cringer, which <laughs> happened to me about five times during the course of this cartoon. 
So uh, he is being hunted. Uh, we go to a scene of Cringer. He's being hunted by these robots that zap him into a, like a giant crate. The actual Cringer. <laughs> yeah, the actual Cringer. Not really sure if like he is. <laughs> again, 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 again. I know it's a reimagining, but Cringer now is this brave, just warrior of a creature. Like, <laughs> Yeah, he doesn't seem very cowardly in this version. Uh, not even a little bit. <laughs> he even tries to convince them. He tries to negotiate with them to to throw their shackles of oppression and join him in the in the fight. I guess King Randor is like, I don't know, a dictator, an authoritarian in this version? I, that That's... At this point, I was a little uh, confused with what exactly is going on here. <laughs> no way. The, the, yeah, you're confused. Yeah. Imagine all the seven. But it's, I don't know. Seven year olds not going to give a crap about any of that. They're just going to be like, "Oh, it's cool in a a cool animation." So there's a big pursuit of Adam in a uh, crass. Uh, they she ends up pulling a Ram Man where she <laughs> slams her head into the controls, which destroys the ship and frees Cringer. And then they do like the all hands in and they do the Hold tiger on, tribe forever. You know what was what unintentionally funny thing that just popped me huge watching it? When she does like the swing <laughs> into the glass window and it doesn't break. <laughs> like, like, of course it's not going to break. You have like a 700 pound tiger on the inside trying to fight his way out. It didn't break. And she just comes in and it's like thump. I Like, it was such a comedic moment for me. And I don't think it was meant to be. <laughs> That's what you were referring to earlier. The, the tiger tribe. Their, their, yeah. their roll call is tiger tribe forever. Oh, it's very creative. So I guess it's kind of like a mix of humans and tigers that live in uh, harmony together. That's nice. Talking tigers. And they, they do a bit about how you get a tattoo or something when you reach a certain point in your life in the tiger tribe, but Adam's not ready for it. Because uh, we find out that he's like an orphan. He's uh, He's been with them for <laughs> 10 years and doesn't know who he really is. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Tarzan, this is... <laughs> It's not New Adventures, but it's, you know, it's something. It's not making New Adventures look good quite yet? No, 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 no. Nothing, nothing will be below New Adventures. Again, just my, my problem with this is, like, when you reimagine, like, you take from the original story. To me, like, that feels like, the, I mean, the only thing they've taken from the original story here is just the names, right? None of this feels... Other than the sword, right? The power, the the the, you know, the sword of power, and that struggle. Everything else just feels completely foreign. Like if you if you remove the names from this, I don't know people would equate this to to He Man. So far, to me, like Adam and Evil Lynn and Cringer, like the only people that you recognize right off the bat if you are a fan of He Man. Yeah, they get back to the where the tribe lives and Tila's hiding in a tree because she says a weird line where she says i'm afraid of cats apparently so i'm, I'm a little confused by that she's she's not aware she doesn't know if she's afraid of cats maybe it's the first time she ever saw one oh, that could be that could be actually and um the, some of the kittens climb the tree which make her fall out of it and at first everything's all hunky-dory but then she uses some magic and they all freak out and put her in jail like, I, uh... like 
I just want to throw this out there. Do you think this is this tribe? It's like uh, like a pack of lions or whatever. I don't, I don't know if tigers do this. Where like the one male just just mates with all of them, so like every kid is his. Is every kid cringers? <laughs> that that could be. I mean, we don't get any uh, other male battle cats. I mean, the you know, spoiler alert: if you haven't seen the Lion King, Nala and Simba are brother and sister. Just letting everybody know that. <laughs> well, they're half brother and sister. Oh, uh, still. <laughs> Popular in some parts of the country. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> they they put her in jail. They don't like magic. They don't like magic, but they have this entire society that looks based on like science fiction and magic. You find out that pretty much nobody likes King Randor, the the Tiger Tribe, or Tila, because she says she was getting the sword for revenge on the king. So I, I assume we're going to get more down the road. But yeah, nobody likes King Randor apparently. <laughs> okay, well, that must be the new tradition. King Randor is a dick. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe both shows agreed on that going into production. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Cringer and Crass are talking about it, and uh, Cringer asks if she's getting jealous, but she says no, that Adam is like a brother to her. Oh, okay. Friend zoned. <laughs> yeah. Either a friend zone or possibly it's a love triangle that. Uh, that we're getting into could be that, oh. but uh, they get attacked by Evil Lynn and her cohorts. That's when they f- they freak out as well when they about technology. Apparently, the Tiger Tribe doesn't like technology or magic. <laughs> what do they like then? The old ways. They're, they're the old. They get off my porch. Oh, we liked it before technology and magic. They live off the land. <laughs> yes. This part threw me, this one, you could have knocked me over with a feather. Uh, she yells to their third guy, Evelyn, Duncan, burn the village down. And I was like, what? That's Duncan? That's been Duncan this whole time? Yep. Like, did you have any idea who that was? Um, I did watching it this time, but only because I've seen the toys and and I've I so full disclosure, it's not my first time watching this episode. I did give this series a try and got a few episodes in. That's the only reason. When I first watched it, no, I was like, excuse me? <laughs> like, now I can live with a young Duncan. What I can't live with is Duncan without a mustache. <laughs> I mean, the younger there. So in flashbacks of Duncan and and He Man things, like he is without a mustache when he was a younger man. So I guess that makes sense. But him and Adam were never like the same age. Like he's supposed to be a mentor for Adam, which seems like with the origin story of Adam and this, it seems like he probably could have used a mentor in this series instead of just a buddy. <laughs> well, um. They push Duncan aside, and they're going to burn the village down instead. So there's a big fight with everybody. Uh, Tila gets out and gets the sword, and uh, she tells uh, Adam she's going to run interference while uh, he escapes with the sword. But typical Adam, he just doesn't listen. <laughs> yeah, Adam's not a wimp either in this. <laughs> no, he, he isn't like the the more wimpy. He's a little smaller. Like you know, they did the he doesn't have the same build as he man, but he. He's not a coward, and he's a bit of a fighter as well. Yes. Yes, he is. Uh, Teela's going to fall off the cliff. Adam saves her says, this is my, uh, don't worry, this is my favorite cliff. I almost die here every day. <laughs> and uh, she says to use the sword, and he's like, I've had a sword this whole time. 
not realizing that her little MacGuffin was uh, the sword of Grayskull. Hmm. She just thought it was just like a random ass sword that looks like that. <laughs> well, I mean, Adam didn't know, I guess. Uh, uh. He pulls out and <laughs> this sword. I wish, his like- par- I wish his parents would have pulled out in this series. It never happened. <laughs> this sword is like three times bigger than he, than he is. The sword is humongous. It's, it's so goddamn ridiculous. It's so goddamn ridiculous. All I could think of was there's a episode of The Simpsons again where Hans Molman pulls out the giant knife and then the knife is so big he can't hold it and he falls <laughs> he falls over. Yeah, it's like it's like it's the scale of it is comedic. Uh, it's not intended to be, right? Like that's not even the intention of the No, not at all. of the, you know, creators here. It's it just it, the proportions and the scale of it is f-ing absurd. <laughs> And uh, the sword starts to glow, thunder and lightning forms in the sky. And then in his head, and he says it out loud, he says, by the power of Grayskull, I have the power? (laughs) Very powerful and convincing. (laughs) And that, we get, I got to say, though, the best part of this whole episode is, is the last, like, two minutes. Like, his transformation scene. Is awesome. I gotta say, like, <laughs> lightning shoots out. He's like growing muscles like the Hulk, like explosions. <laughs> At one point, like there's a fire and like a big silhouette of Grayskull <laughs> behind him. Uh. And when he's massive, like twice his size, then he says with conviction, "I have the power." It's it's he's a ridiculous shape too. Not just like the size, but like. Weird. I mean, I get it. Like, and and again, not for me. It's not for me. It's not drawn for me. That's the animation. Kids now, you know. I don't know. Maybe they can't make guys look all roided up and stuff for kids anymore, like He Man looked. You know. But I don't know, man. It's weird. He's weird looking. The word you're looking for is uh, over exaggerated. <laughs> yes, or roided up. <laughs> <laughs> well, if it was roided up, Joe Rogan would uh, call him out for it. You know. Yes, <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. I think He Man and the Liver King probably took the same, probably took the same stuff. <laughs> and uh, after that, he gets into we get, we get to see the t- uh, just the beginning of a fight scene with He Man and all the all the bad guys. But like I said, the last two minutes are the best part of this. We switch. To Snake Mountain, which I gotta say, their Snake Mountain design looks Snake Mountain looks awesome. <laughs> yes, yeah. it Badass. looks so good. The bad the toy. So I will say this: the toy line of this series is, is pretty cool too. Like the toy, the toys are cool looking. Do they have play sets? Yeah, they do. Yeah, they have play sets, vehicles. Like it, they've done some cool stuff with it. And then, like this big opening cracks open, this green glow and. It looks like, uh, I got to be honest, it looks like Doctor Strange comes out of it. <laughs> but it's actually, uh, I mean, it, I assume it's Keldor. That's what he looks like. I'd say. Yeah, it is. It, it is absolutely Keldor. <laughs> and he says, the power of Grayskull belongs to me. Dun, dun, dun. Oh, that Keldor. So not only are we are we getting the origin story of he-man but we're getting the origin story of skeletor as well which again in previous ones it's it's keldor kind of fought more like randor and duncan when they were young and he became skeletor you know 
because of battles with them. But this, he's Keldor still when we're just getting He-Man. So interesting twist, I guess. So you can say everything that led up to it. You can say what you will, but man, those last two and those yeah. last two minutes—that's how you end an episode and get people to want to come back for the next one. So again, if you didn't know He-Man, right? If you're either you didn't know He-Man or like ever, all these characters are different names. You'd watch this and not have any preconceived notion, and like so. I think if you're a kid, a younger kid who doesn't—and I don't know what they're—I mean, they've done multiple seasons, so this is this is going to be doing pretty well. Um, and I, and I see that the toys, the, you know, the shelves have all the toys on them and stuff, and, and they've, they've got multiple series out now of the toys. So it has to be, you know, it's, it has to be doing pretty damn well. But that's because, like, a young kid, like my son's age, like, I mean, he sort of is aware of He-Man, but he's never really gotten into it. So this would be, like, fresh for him. But this is exactly where my problem lies with it, right? They, they've, they call it a reimagining, but really this is a completely new thing that they just have taken a familiar, you know, IP and have slapped that IP onto something completely new and different because they're lazy. And rather than marketing this as like, you know, something completely new with a new name, it's like, I guarantee you this original pitch wasn't He-Man. Like to me, this felt feels like this was probably some cartoon pitched that they decided to then slap He-Man on for marketing and, you know, sellability purposes. Like, but nothing about this feels like He-Man. This feels more Star Wars than He-Man. And that, again, that's just my, you know, I, and I feel like this gets done a lot. There's all these reimagining of classic properties and it just, I don't know. You could have, like this, I, to me, this being He-Man, it probably would have been a popular show anyways. Because like it's, so like the, the concepts and all of it, like the actual show and the flow of it and the story is like, it's not bad. This is why it's better than New Adventures. New Adventures just was trash. Like the entire thing was trash. Why I don't like this is because it doesn't feel like He-Man. It doesn't feel like Masters of the Universe with the exception of the, the sort of power and slapping the names on these characters. Oh, yeah. That was He-Man and the Masters of the Universe, a sword of Grayskull. Before we really get into our review, I also this really went under the radar, especially when you compare it to the shitstorm that got started because of Revelations. <laughs> yes. This was barely talked about. But I'm looking at Rotten Tomatoes, and it has 80% critical review, 64 audience, so it's not that divisive. It's not that hated. 64 is not great, but it's not like people hate it with a passion. Yeah, I think it's I think I think it's well I think it's fairly well received. Uh, it's not like a bunch of little kids are going on Rotten Tomatoes and giving their uh, their review <laughs> of, a, of the show. So if you had some kids on there, that that score would probably be higher. Yeah, yeah, I think it's it's visually appealing. Like it's easy to follow for kids. There's good action. There's good. You know, you talked about the transformation sequence. My problem is it's just it strayed so far away from what He Man is and was you know again you have the, the stark contrast between revelation which is a direct sequel and this which is which is like a complete reboot and it's just not but again it's not for me this is not made for this series is not made for like revelation is made for the the he-man fan that's loved he-man for you know their entire life. You know guys like me. This series is is really geared towards, and maybe maybe it was a smart move by them to actually you know try the reboot, but go in this direction where they are they are actually trying to suck in you know the younger kids 
they don't give a shit about the, you know, my son's seven. He doesn't give a shit about the history of He-Man. If the animation looks cool and there's a lot of action and is visually appealing, he's going to watch it. Well, it's hard to try and move into our, our ranking system because, like, the animation is a style I'm not used to and not like. And I'm trying to really think, like, how do I approach a ranking? Do I do, do I take out my preconceived love of the other He-Mans? Do I, you know, do I try and completely review this on its own as a as a grown man or do i try and see through the, <laughs> through the eyes of a kid you know um what well before we get in what your son you said like this um no i mean he watched a few episodes with me but i don't know he's so like into youtube and shit man <laughs> youtube and wrestling and baseball that's about it he watches uh youtube videos of people reacting to youtube uh some of that stuff and eating weird foods and all sorts of shit like that, man. <laughs> I hate it. It drives me crazy. So if He-Man was, uh, did a YouTube video eating hot sauce, he would, uh, or hot wings. <laughs> he'd, he would... <laughs> oh, he'd be all about it. He'd be all about it. <laughs> or doing something nonsensical or making weird noises or something, you know. All right. And on that note, we're going to go right to our ranking. We're going to the first. The first one of 2023. The first Spectrometer. Anyone new to the show, we rank what we saw. Zero Spectros being absolute garbage. Four Spectros being it just doesn't get any better. Ryan, how are you going to rank? He-Man and the Masters Universe, the Sword of Grayskull. So I'll, again, with the understanding of like it's not made for me, I do think there are things they do well. They know their audience, which is a younger audience. It's visually appealing. The, the episode is it's fine. So I will give it a two and a half, but it's not the He-Man that I know and love. It doesn't feel like He-Man at all to me. It feels like something they shoehorned He-Man trademarks onto. And all right, I am going to go, yeah, I'm going to go two. Not overly offensive, not really for me, not a fan of the animation and a lot of the character choices, but it's not, it's not horrible. It's not aggressively offensive the last two minutes i thought were were excellent i think it accomplishes what it sets out to be i just don't think it's uh not my cup of tea per se but more power to you if you liked it i'll give it a two oh wow i went higher than you that's that's surprising that's surprising yeah i mean maybe it's because my son is more like in the age i kind of at least have an idea of of what kids like that might might like but yeah it's uh i mean it's different it's very it's very friggin' different man and but i can i can appreciate some of the merits of it i can appreciate the fact that they've made a really cool friggin' toy line but it's it some of it drives me you know up at up a damn wall (laughs) well what did you think out there remember we're just me and brian we're just two guys sharing our opinion so if you liked it more that's okay. If you like the less, that's okay too. We can't take away from your enjoyment of Masters of the Universe. But I want to hear from you. Let me know what you thought. You can go to my Twitter, at Matt Spectro. Tell me what you thought. Give me a follow while you're there. Facebook, Matt Spectro through the multiverse. And uh, you can even find me on Hive, Matt Spectro, all lowercase letters. Brian, we're going to do something we've never done before since this is the fifth and the tearful final of the many faces of He-Man. We're going to rank from worst to best 
all five of what we review, starting Ooh. with what <laughs> of the five versions of He Man we reviewed. Wow, what is the worst? Uh, it's 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 the new adventures. Like it's not even close. It's a piece of garbage. <laughs> <laughs> no redeeming qualities whatsoever at, at all. The toys sucked. The cartoons sucked. <laughs> I'm going to. Uh, I might be a little nicer about it, but I would agree. The coming in at number five for both of us of the worst version of He-Man is the new adventures of He-Man. I'm going to say that uh, for my coming in at number four um, is going to be this He-Man and the Masters of the Universe. This one is the is the the fourth best of the He-Mans that we've reviewed. Yeah. Yeah, I'm right there with you. Same. I uh, not as egregious as not really egregious at all either. Um, I'm just a grumpy old man at this point. But <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, to me, it's the it's the the fourth, uh, and and gets saved a bit by how bad New Adventures was. So I'm pretty sure I, we're both going to have the same number one. So it's a toss up. Which one are you going to pick for the third best revelations? Or the 2002 Masters of the Universe? Oh, uh, well, I don't know. I might be controversial here, right? So, what? 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 what <laughs> I mean, what is the basis here of the ranking? Because we're going to rank more of the overall, not the particular episodes review, but well, I mean, I mean, like you know, are we basing it on nostalgia or <laughs> like because? So, if it's nostalgia, you know, we know what number one is. But for me, yeah. right, the actual. The story, like watching it as like, you know, for continuity and and things of that nature, right? My number three would be the original series. Um, really? Which set the stage, but from an animation standpoint, from story progression, it really was a lot of the same every episode. And I love it, right? I, I love it. That's, that's, you know, the nostalgia in me is saying you're an idiot. This should be your number one. <laughs> Um, by a by a mile, but from a entertainment standpoint, where it actually entertains me now, as you know, as an adult, I, I the original series probably comfortably, by the way, comfortably number three ahead of the of the other two. All right, this is uh, I know, boy, I know where this is going. Uh, <laughs> well, my number, <laughs> my number third, I'm going to go what I enjoy the most. Um, and this is not people are going to say I'm knocking it, but coming in at number three from Matt Spectro is Masters of the Universe Revelations. I don't, <laughs> I don't hate it as much as a lot of people do. I think the animation, music, and a lot of it is actually good. I just didn't overall like what they did, the direction of it. So even though I don't think it's horrible. Well, you're a misogynist. I get it. <laughs> That's, I'm an ally, uh, Brian. Uh, it's going to come in for me. Matt Spector's ranking. Number three is Mass Universe Revelation. Uh, well, I think we both have the same number two. If uh, <laughs> Number two, I, yeah. I'm going for uh, Mass of the Universe 2002 is my second favorite version. 200X. And that would be your uh, favorite as well, second favorite. Yeah, that's my yeah, that's my number two on the list. It's it's a really good series. I wish they would add it to digital, but yeah, that that is it's it's really it's really well done. Like it's it's a really good series. If you were gonna reimagine Reedover, it was a good job of kind of filling in the gaps that the original series never did. Yeah, yeah, it was. I think that's where you first get into like Keldor and the origin story and like. 
yeah, it's it's a really it's 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 an underrated series, man. It doesn't get enough love. The toy line was really cool as well, which with He Man, right? We got to talk about that a little bit. Like the toy line matters because that's the whole friggin' reason He Man existed in the first place was to sell toys. True, one of the best toy runs of of any of all time, in my opinion, possibly number one. All right, and now we've reached the number one. Our, uh, you must have guessed it both by now. Of uh, my number one being the original, the 1983 He Man and the Masters of the Universe. Which, yes. even though it's not your number one, you wouldn't hold it against anyone picking. No, it number one. God, no, no. I, you know, I went a little bit different. I mean, from a nostalgia standpoint, it's number one, right? It's it's the thing that kicked it all off. It's the thing that created a, a friggin' global phenomena that still, you know, this is He Man. It's 40th anniversary this year. Like the toys are out. They have all the 40th anniversary packaging. Um, it's the reason why 40 years later, you know, that that show just impacted my generation so much, had such a profound impact. It's 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 one of the, you know, when you think about um, pop culture and things of that nature, one of the most influential things, toy line, cartoon, whatever you know, however you want to classify it. It's one of the most influential things like in pop culture history of the last 40 years. So let the controversy begin and share with us your all-time favorite version of He-Man. I, yeah, I think Kevin Smith, my man, he he did it. I love Revelation. I think it was so well done. Everybody gets pissy because of the of the way they went. But that's, you know... To me, I thought he did it in a respectful way where we weren't just going to get He-Man beats Skeletor every goddamn episode. And, you know, he had to tell a story that had continuity and followed. And I know we sort of don't get the traditional He-Man versus Skeletor the entire way through. But if you follow the story, if you follow the whole thing, I thought it was I thought it was so well done. I can't wait for Revolution. You know, to get further, he had nods to the past. He had nods to toys. Uh, he had nods to characters that had never been in. You know, because again, He Man, He Man cartoon originally only was out for two years, right? They only produced new episodes for the first two years, but the toy line continued for years and years and years afterwards. So all, there's a lot of characters that never were actually portrayed in the cartoon. I thought he hit a I thought he hit a freaking grand slam with this thing. I loved it. I waited my entire life for a continuation of He-Man and he and he gave me he gave it to me and it was great. So that's my from an entertaining standpoint of like, you know, something I could rewatch over and over. And we talked about it like the original series. It's a, it can be it can be a tough um a tough rewatch at times for, for unless you're watching for anything other than nostalgia purposes. This is fantastic. I love it. Well, there you have it, me and Brian's official ranking of all five versions of He-Man and the Masters of the Universe. Brian, it's been quite a journey we've been on. Am I going to get lots of like hate tweets for this? Are people going to be <laughs> really pissed off, you think? Because I'm not – like the top three for me, I love them all. Like, And, and the original will always hold a place with my heart. <laughs> I uh... – <laughs> I, I don't – It's some, maybe a few, but I don't think enough people that listen – are like <laughs> rampant social media <laughs> advocates. So, uh, <laughs> okay, you might get a couple of people here or there who. But uh, hey, if you do, uh, if you do uh, agree with Brian or you disagree, go to his social media or mine and tell him 
What a mistake he made in picking Revelations as the best He-Man show of all time. Give me, give me the what for, right? <laughs> but we're not going to end our journey. Uh, Brian, I think you should come back and we'll do the first episode of She-Ra, Princess of Power. What do you think? <laughs> sure. Well, there's two. I mean, there's two series, so. Perfect. Yeah, we could do two more. You know, we could do two more. There's the original She-Ra and then there's the, the Netflix one, so. I think the fans demand it. All right, I, I am down. Maybe we can do a bonus episode of the movie. You want to hear me get fired up about something? <laughs> that could be like a bonus episode you do, Tarzan. That movie, you want to talk about getting my blood boiling. That movie boils my blood. And uh, way in advance, but we're going to do next December the He-Man She-Ra Christmas special. Oh, sh- okay. Okay. All right. You know, we'll t- talk to my agent, you know, get those. Uh, I'm still waiting. I'm still waiting for the royalties and the check from the first episode we did. But, you know, you know, I trust you. Well, there's been some uh, controversy because of the episode you did with uh, Jamie Janikowski, you know, that uh... <laughs> <laughs> the forgotten episode, the forgotten. <laughs> exactly. ep- that's like uh, that's like the Star Wars uh, Christmas special. <laughs> Very hard to find. <laughs> it's it's traded. It's traded on the black market, you know, <laughs> by tape, tape traders only. And the fans demand you don't leave. And since you and I are both feminists, you know, we have to do the two versions of Shiro's. Yes, absolutely. And there you have it. Well, at this point in time, we've reached the free plug part of our show. Brian, the floor is yours. Plug away. Yeah, I mean, as always, you find me on social media. I'm trying to be a TikToker at times, uh, at Brian Malonis, uh, on Twitter, at Brian Malonis, on Instagram, at Brian Malonis KP. Don't bother um, friending me on Facebook. I think I got 5,000 on there. And let's face it, Facebook stinks and is dying anyways. Um, but the platforms I'm most active on, Instagram, Twitter, and uh, TikTok. Um, I got a t-shirt store, BrianMalonis.com, if you're so inclined. The brand new kingpin of big men i don't know if you know this tarzan i don't know if you know this but i am the irresistible force and the immovable object the kingpin of big men the sultan of super heavyweights the mastodon of the mat ring of honor legend future first ballot ring of honor hall of famer there can only be one brian malonis i don't know if you knew all that <laughs> some of it i knew but not all of it so i, I got an edu- <laughs> now you you've been educated <laughs> As the late Greg Rillamonsoon would say, huh, Matt Spector just got an education. <laughs> All right. That's going to do it for this week. Uh, and I want to, uh, if you can also out there, uh, subscribe to my podcast, give me a five-star review, share the link. I really appreciate it as well. And Brian, I want to thank you for kicking off 2023 with us. Yes. Thank you. This is Happy New Year, everybody. Uh, we're still in that we're still in that time frame, right? We can still say Happy New Year. You yeah, know, you if, can still if Happy it, New Year. If it spills into the next episode, it's too it's too much at that point, really. You know, but happy new year. New year, new me, new year, new everybody. Go out, accomplish your goals, make your resolutions, whatever. <laughs> we will see you all again next week for another exciting episode of Matt Spectro through the Multiverse. Excelsior!